the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So recently, my co-host Noel and I had an idea that we thought was just crazy enough to work. We had started talking about all the strange things that happen in the English language. There are so many sayings that don't quite translate, or if you heard them in another language, you would say, what the heck are these people talking about? We thought this was so fascinating that we wanted to do an episode on it. And luckily, we got greenlit by our super producer, Casey Pegram. Yeah, nothing goes out without his express approval. Yes, yes. It's very true. He is he is a kingmaker here. Very much so. So, uh, so, Noel, you and I, oh, and I'm Ben, by the way, you and I wanted to do an episode about idioms, and we didn't want to go into this foray alone. So we were joined with our good friend and host of the podcast Pitches, Rowan Newby. Hey. Oh, here he is. Oh, there he is. That's him. I've He's been here. here the whole time, you guys. He's been, been here the whole him? time. He was sitting in while we were talking about the Statue of Liberty, uh, <laughs> and now we're finally giving him voice. We did. <laughs> we turned on it's the mic. It's about time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but hey— Here's the thing. Mm. Uh, you might remember when we uh, first did this episode, we gave it a fantastic name, idiomatic for the people that uh, I mentioned was coined by uh, a, f- a ephemeral friend of the show who mm-hmm. you've heard mentioned plenty of times. Multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, my dear friend and cohort, Frank the Tank Mulheron. <laughs> hey, guys. Frank joins us today. I'm here. In the flesh. He is, in fact, right. a human. How about that? He is in the flesh. He has a voice. He has a soul. And he has some ideas about some weird idioms. Um, so it's all it's all coming together, you guys. We're all here. We're, we we finally it did it. We pulled it off. And I have a feeling that this will be a two-parter. Now, now to be completely clear with everybody listening— This time, we do know roughly what our friends are going to be presenting, right? Yeah. But I think it's safe to say, in most cases, we don't know the stories 
behind these phrases or these words. So we're experiencing this with you as you listen. Yeah, I mean, with four, you know, dashingly good-looking and intelligent gentlemen, we did not want to run the risk of doubling up. So we did give ourselves uh, at least that luxury of knowing what the others were going to do. But no, we only researched our own, so there's going to be surprises aplenty in today's episode. Yep, you've paid for the whole seat, but you only use the edge. <laughs> they didn't pay for any of this. It's a free podcast. <laughs> well, they paid attention. That's true. You always say that uh, time is the most valuable currency mm. these days, and that has never been more true than it is today. So what do you say, gents? Uh, who would like to uh, who would like to kick us off? <clears throat> I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna count down from three and then pick someone. Oh, uh, that's like a dad move. I know. That's three, scary. two. All right. What do you got, Frank? All right. So recently, um, I went back to my hometown to visit my parents for their birthdays. They both have birthdays within three days of each other. Weird. Sweet. Super convenient mm. since I live out of town. So um, we were hanging out and we did dinner and drinks and gifts exchanges and all that stuff. And then I decided I was going to go out and hang out with some of my friends in Augusta, Georgia, where I'm from. And on my way out, my mom said, y'all have fun, be safe. And then my dad chimed in with, trip the light, fantastic. Oh. And yeah, no, I'd never Psychedelic. heard that. Psychedelic. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard this phrase Truly. before, but massive points to your dad what gravitas <laughs> yeah yeah and the thing is he had no idea where it came from and <laughs> and I, I asked him about very it very dad of him yeah and we like you know guessed wildly for a few minutes despite the fact that we all have working smartphones so I, it, I left it was still a mystery to me and then I looked it up later on the next day and there's quite a story to it it goes through several different iterations and alterations. Give it to us. Yeah. Lay it on us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the phrase itself means to dance nimbly or lightly and move to a pattern of musical accompaniment. The first variation of it is found in John Milton's Allegro. And the line is, come and trip it as ye go on the light fantastic toe. Ah, the old fantastic toe. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So sing-songy, I love it. It really is. And the thing that kind of tripped me up was, in this sense, trip isn't the sort of normal definition that we think of when it comes to your feet and mm. moving around. It's more about being nimble, flit, light. Fleet-footed. Yes, yes. Kind Sprightly. of like frolicking or whatever. <laughs> and so you're in a ballroom and you're, you know, waltzing around the room. And and it's just kind of um, about, you know, enjoying the night and kind of like living the bon vivant life. And fantastic kind of means with flair, basically. So it's an escalation, yeah, right? Expressivity, yeah, expressivity, basically. Right. Okay. And um, that was kind of like the version that was around. It was just basically a John Milton thing. So the condensed version of the line from Milton appeared in Sidewalks of New York by Charles B. Lawler and James W. Blake in 1894. And the line is, boys and girls together— me and Mamie O'Rourke tripped the light fantastic on the sidewalks of New York. Mm. 
The song is um, pretty dull. You would think a song by the name of Sidewalks of New York might be kind of fun, but... Mm -hmm. It's a Velvet Underground song, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's actually every Velvet Underground song. (laughs) Let's let's hear a little clip of that right now. Boys and girls together, me and Mamie Rourke, trips the light fantastic on the sidewalks of New York. It feels sedate, very much you know. so. Not, not doesn't sound very um, exciting. <laughs> no, you don't, doesn't no. sound like you're yeah. uh, jumping around. It doesn't no. sound, uh, from a purely melodic standpoint, it doesn't sound worthy of uh, a phrase with mm-hmm. the gravity like, mm-hmm. of "trip the light, fantastic." Yeah, yeah, it sounds like uh, something you'd, you'd hear in a church, basically. The but people, uh, people still love this phrase, right? This is not the last time. This is not the last we've heard of "tripping the light." Fantastic. No, no, it's not. Um, in fact, uh, so "trip the light, fantastic" in the song "Sidewalks of New York" was in 1894, and one of the first things I noticed when I actually looked into this expression. As early as 1908, it was viewed as cliched or a hackneyed phrase, which seemed to be a really oddly specific year. <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's when they had reached like yeah, yeah. peak. Fourteen years of it was too much. <laughs> sure, it's not the Gilded Age anymore. We've got to move on. People are avoiding ballroom dances because yeah. they don't want to hear that phrase again. <laughs> exactly. My boss told me trip the light, fantastic. That and dick. It was kind of um, gone for a little while, and then in the early 1900s, specifically around 1910 through 1929, there was um, a lot of migrant Mexican workers coming over. There was the Mexican Civil War going on. There was a lot of political unrest and economic instability, and so there was a lot of northward movement. In fact, like a tenth of Mexico's population left during that time, and so they kind of brought their culture and their language and their music and food and all the things that make life fun. And eventually, Fantastic started to get subbed out with Fandango, which is a Spanish dance that's, to me, like when I read the description of a Fandango, it was (laughs) really similar to Flamenco in my mind. And it turns out that the Fandango is just a specific type of flamenco, you know, so there's, you know, regional specific types of flamenco. Flamenco being you would be accompanied by a uh, classical guitar and castanets and you, the, the dancer actually plays the castanets at times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mm -hmm. video Boy with a Coin by Iron and Wine has a really cool example of that. That's right. I remember that one now. Another change happened with this uh, expression um, with Tennessee Williams' play The Glass Menagerie. And in the opening monologue, as Tom spoke to his father, quote, he gave up his job with a telephone company and skipped the light fantastic out of town. Whoa, so they're skipping now. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. By this time, <laughs> like, the sense of tripped that we were talking about earlier Ooh. as being nimble and agile, kind of, like, treaded into archaic territory. Treaded. And, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it became lame. Yes, so it was lame. they wanted to reinvent it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and Skipped is phonetically similar, and it has, you know, pretty much the same spirit and meaning mm-hmm. as as the former Tripped did. So, and Skipped is kind of doing double duty meaning-wise because of skipping town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, here's the thing for me. The original trip. Kind of starts to come back around too with the '60s and like the whole idea of uh, exactly. it becoming more of a trippy thing. Not to mention like <laughs> uh, you had Queen talking about Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango and all the oh, thunderbolts and lightning? It's mm-hmm. very, very frightening mm-hmm. to me, apparently. Uh, and then you've got this band, Prokol Haram, Prokol Harum, exactly. Harum, yeah. yes, uh, that's in 1967, mm-hmm. and they have the song. I kind of like the Annie Lennox version better, if I'm being honest, but it's called A Wider Shade of Pale. Uh, this is what I was waiting for. Yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah. Lyrics by Keith Reed. Mm-hmm. Lyrics by Keith Reed, uh, who say, and it, and it uses the more modernized version, I guess, well, relatively speaking, we trip the light Fandango. Oh, no, it's skip the, we skip, skip the, the light. Skip the light Fandango. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, so it's almost like unrecognizable <laughs> from its form of trip the light Fantastic. Trip the light mm-hmm. Fantastic to skip, skip the, the light, light fandango. fandango. My thing here, too, though, all of this, the question that I have is, what light? What is this light? Because <laughs> originally when we were talking about this yeah. uh, off air, when I'm thinking about the light, the I'm thinking about right? treading the boards yeah. on a stage, you know, sure. like the footlights or something Strolling like that. Strolling the planks in But that Cambridge. is not really something that comes no, around, at no. least in any of the etymology that we that you were looking mm-hmm. into about this. Exactly, so, yeah. Uh, but it's a very huh. visual thing. And um, there's actually the uh, L'Allegro Le- that you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. It was actually set to music by George Frederick Handel, who was a you know famous composer from the born in the late 1600s, died in 1759. And my mom, who is a singing teacher, this is a song uh, that a lot of her students do. And the lyric is, you know, come and trip it as you go, what the light fantastic toe or whatever like that. <laughs> I always thought it was the fantastic glow, hmm. but now I'm realizing that it's toe. Fantastic huh. toe is for some reason more appealing to You're me, leading you know? with that fantastic toe. <laughs> and it's it's nice it's a nice <laughs> switch. It's a, it's a plot twist. Yeah. You know? Also, this this reminds me, uh, this would be a fantastic phrase for parkour. If you are uh, someone <laughs> who is a parkour <laughs> enthusiast and you need to for some reason parkour. spice up your get togethers. Hardcore parkour. Hardcore parkour. Hardcore parkour. Uh, <laughs> skip the light fantastic. Trip the light fantastic. Exactly. Trip As the light, go. fantastic. Skip the light. Maybe fantastic. we should um, reinvent it yet again for a newer generation. You <laughs> there know? we go. Yeah. Trippity, yeah. skippity, the light glow, fantastic toe. How about flip it? Let's flip, flip that light. Yeah, exactly. A whole new word. Flip the light. Flip the light. Clip the light, fantastic. <laughs> Nip the light. We could go on. Send us your suggestions. Yes, please. To ridiculous. Any words that you know that rhyme with trip. <laughs> To ridiculous, at, uh, to ridiculous at HowStuffWorks.com. We'd love to hear <laughs> from you. Uh, Frank, I am impressed. Thank you. I, was, uh, I, I really had no idea that, you know, how much that had changed over time. It's really fascinating how language is, you know, constantly moving and changing and mm-hmm. it's almost unrecognizable sometimes. Speaking of seamless segues, right, <laughs> uh, who, who's next? Who will trip the light fantastic of idioms? I could go. Yeah? Oh, yeah, go? you've got some good ones. I got an okay ones. Um, I don't know if this is cool sounding as uh, Trip in the Light Fantastic, because that is a nice kind of compound idiom. Um, mine are also are both single words. Uh, the first one, I don't know. Let's see. What should I do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do dope. Ah, yes, yes. I'm going to do some dope. A classic. On the show Whoa, right on. now. 
We oh, no. We, uh, that. we talked about we this off, off air, right? We talked about this for a while off air. We did. About which words take up the mantle of describing something good yeah. or cool. Mm-hmm. Cool's mm-hmm. the OG, right? The OG. And also how it's uh, cool. sort of like a trendy thing to use a word that inherently means something negative and then flip it around and use it to describe something good. And dope is a really good example of that. But it actually has way more history than I ever would have possibly given it credit for. So here, uh, let's see. Where does our journey um, of dopeness begin? The first one I always think of is like uh, being a dope. Well, that's see, and that doesn't even enter into this at all. Really? No. Really? It's certainly a a use of the word, and you'll see why it was used that way. But that's not really the the direction that my that my research Mm -hmm. took me. Um, Originally, dope was a uh, a word that was used to describe some kind of like a dipping sauce, okay? Mm-hmm. So sort of like, a, like a, you know, let's just say a honey mustard, but more like a gravy type dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. And it was a Dutch word, the origin being the word dupe, which is kind <laughs> of fun because you'd think, I don't know, I'm just speculating here, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you dupe somebody, you mm-hmm. make a dope out of them, right? Mm-hmm. So dupe was a thick, sticky sauce or a gravy, and it became uh, a part of the English lexicon um, in the American colonies. Washington Irving, the famous writer, what did he write, Ben? You're a a literature Mm -hmm. guy. Uh, Police Academy 4. That's the one. Yeah. Famed screenwriter Washington mm. Irving of the Police Academy movies fame. Uh, he he also he also He's, wrote The Legend of Sleepy that's Hollow. That's the guy. <laughs> Ic- old Ichabod Crane. Um, yeah, Ichabod. so Washington Irving introduced it, an early example, in his satire called Salman Gundy, uh, which I have not read. Has anybody read Salman Gundy? I've read Salman Rushdie. It's re- different. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be fooled. Uh, yeah, I read that, but it was it's been many moons. Well, it was published in 1807. So, um, and this is where he described something uh, called a phyllo dripping pan, um, which is like a dough kind of uh, like a, I don't know, like kind of like mm. a baking situation. And he uh, used this term in this phrase, quote, love of what the learned Dutch call dupe, spelled D-O-U-P, like soup with a D. And then that is where uh, dope started to come into fruition as we know it today. And it really started taking off this idea of a syrupy, uh, goopy, doopy, dare we say, substance um, in the smokable form of opium. That appeared in uh, the New York City rag Truth which is a great name for a newspaper, mm-hmm. really instills some some confidence in the words mm-hmm. printed therein. Um, and it's talking about opium fiends, dope heads, dope fiends, as early as 1883. And here's a couple of quotes from Truth. And this comes from a fantastic article on visualthesaurus.com that talks about the history of dope, doping, dopes, dupe, all of that <laughs> stuff. Here is one from March 6th, 1883. Interested, but, and I love this word, impecunious fiends mm-hmm. receive, therefore, a commission, which immediately reverts to the proprietor of the the opium den uh, in exchange for a pipe privilege and a shell of dope. Impecunious is is a uh, dressed up word meaning broke. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then they have another one here, which is my favorite because it's got another phrase in it that I would like to explore as well. Alexander was hitting the flute. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Vigorously and rapidly getting to the bottom of that, a, that could mean of a quote, hop toy of dope, which is, quote, fiend patter <laughs> for smoking a considerable quantity of opium. Good. Fiend patter. Uh, fiend patter. That's, that's great. Dope, dope speak. Um, the, the dope is cheap and the joint keeper does not 
catechize, Ben? C-A-T-E-C-H-I-S-E? Catechize. Catechize. That makes mm. sense. What is that? It's sort of like being uh, reprimanded? Yes. Ch- sort of like chastise. Catechize them uh, as to whether or not they are minors. Oh, so were they smoking dope joints, like uh, opium joints? I, you know, no, the joint, uh, the joint keeper as in like the uh, proprietor oh, gotcha. of gotcha. the establishment. Gotcha. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the joint keeper, uh, the bar, the barman, or, hmm. well, let's say. Um, so that's fantastic. So them, we've got dope kind of making the transition into being a uh, verb um, that can have either a positive or a negative connotation. So if you're doping something, <laughs> you are injecting it or imbuing it with mm-hmm. some sort of uh, medicinal mm-hmm. uh, substance that mm-hmm. can either have a positive or a negative effect. And it really started entering the lexicon of horse racing. Yes, because yeah. it came to mean insider info, right? Well, we're going to get there, okay, absolutely. Okay. Ah. But it originally was the way we think of with uh, performance-enhancing drugs, yes. you know. Ah. That is still a term that's used today by the uh, – it's a body that investigates and maintains the standards of, you know, testing athletes mm-hmm. to make sure they're not, quote-unquote, doping. Anti-doping laws is what they call them, that they enforce. But um, so originally with it, – it was not about athletes, human athletes. It was about horses. Okay. And it became such a – you know, thing. And they would be, uh, they could be injected with anything from like whiskey, <laughs> injected. I don't know if you'd inject the whiskey, that'd be weird, <laughs> to like a stimulant. Yeah. So okay. you could, like, it, you might dope someone else's horse to like slip them a Mickey, hobble, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Hobble the horse, exactly. <coughs> or you Hobby might, horse. you might, ex- you might inject or, uh, you know, uh, apply some sort of stimulant to your own horse so it gives it a little edge. And then it became so prevalent that when you knew, you knew about which horses were being affected by what stuff, mm. that became referred to as the uh, the straight dope, the inside dope. Whoa. There we go. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, uh, that's the World Anti-Doping Agency, or WADA. Aha. So any, what you know, are you I, talking I, about? <laughs> I, love, I love a good acronym. Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. 
It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So one last thing. It was originally used in drug parlance, I guess, to describe an opiate, which would eventually be the more the most popular or insidious version was heroin. So even when people uh, are suffering from heroin withdrawal or opiate withdrawal, they call it getting dope sick, right? Yeah. That is a thing. And recently, more recently, it's kind of almost exclusively used to refer to marijuana. You're a dope, dope head. You know, you're smoking dope, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what your mom says, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of a bit of a square thing to say these days, right? Um, here's the thing. In looking into this, I found – I'm just going to really quickly go through this. I found the origins of 420. Whoa. Nice. Whoa. Laid yeah. on us. Yeah. So there's an article uh, in High Times magazine. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, it's true. Yeah. About, what a stunning about, plot twist. Stunning <laughs> plot twist about the history of 420. Um, so it turns out that there's so many ideas about like what 420 was. One of them was like, oh, there's 420 discrete, distinct chemicals in marijuana. That seems like a stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, 420 was supposedly like some kind of police radio code for, mm. like, dope smoking in action or whatever. We got a 420 no. here. Also, yeah, we got a 420. Also not the case. So somebody reached out to High Times in the 90s, the early 90s, saying, no, 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 none of this is true. Me and my friends uh, from a <laughs> high school. We know. Yeah, yeah. We, no, not only do we know, we invented it. Okay, what? so and then we've got and I've got I've got proof. So this That's guy incredible. reached out a guy by the name of Brian Jarvinson, who is a freelance writer for High Times. Um, he received this email or this correspondence from a guy who was running a business in San Rafael, uh, California, which is very near San Francisco. And so he's like, okay, I'm interested. The guy identified himself as Steve, uh, Steve Waldo. Okay, so he said, okay, me and my friends, we referred to ourselves as the Waldos, and we went to San Rafael High School, and we had a secret spot that we were trying to find, like a, like a mission where it was like going to be this like patch of uh, marijuana was growing, mm-hmm. like someone had planted, and they had to like find it, like Holy Grail style. And so they agreed that one hour after school ended, at 4.20, they would meet and go on this sojourn to find this uh, marijuana field. That's so fascinating. Yeah. And they Interesting. Would, and they would meet by a statue of Louis Pasteur uh, at San Rafael High School. Beautiful. And um, and they apparently were known for their affinity for uh, smoking the dope, the Marx Brothers, and stand-up comedy. Sounds like a bunch of dangerous characters. <laughs> I would never right? hang out with Pasteur them. Pasteur would love it. You really would yeah. love it. <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's fascinating. That's it. So fascinating. That's dope. It's that's super dope. Oh, very good, Ben. And that, it all started with Ben, your whole thing, nice. like, you know, using a negative to, to describe a positive. Now it's something that uh, the kids say when it's, something it, is cool. It's interesting that it went from, like, such a harsh drug as an opiate to marijuana, which, of course, now is more or less legal in most places. More or less. And, and it's at least much more... Uh, at least, right. Much more uh, universally considered innocuous. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and I think uh, dope is still kind of like, um, you know, an opiate sort of word. It can too, be a catch-all. Mm-hmm. It certainly it can, is. Specifically yeah. when you're talking about dope sickness. That's I think. right. Yeah. And it's this, the Coca-Cola of drugs. This Sorry. leads us to an important point. 
uh, and a question, I think, that we were asking each other off the air when the four of us were hanging out. Uh, how do we get in front of this? What's the right now? Dope is in, encountering. Uh, it's having a moment. Yeah, it's having a moment. It's having a <laughs> renaissance, right? The same way that Cool did. Wicked, sick, rad, gnarly, bitching, tubular, radical. <laughs> and uh, the question that keeps haunting me. I mean, I don't think we figured this out when we were talking about this earlier. What's the next one? What's the next word? That's going to inherit this mantle. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, what's the what's the next dope? I don't know, man. I think, it's a uh, one-syllable word, though, probably, right? It probably is. Yeah. Is, is it possible that, that our friend uh, Rowan Newby has it? Sure. I'm honored that you would think that I have a, a cornucopia of silly words just floating around in the bank of my you are cranium. You are good to my go to, really. Yeah, that is on the it resume. Is in print. That's why they brought me in here, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just uh let's just throw some out there. What about um sl- slunt? Slunt? Yeah, it's kind of kind of gross, it's but maybe it's like harsh. maybe it's like you're mean. Maybe someone's mean. That's a harsh mouthfeel. Maybe like flong. flong. I like flong. Well, I like flong. What about like uh Bro, I'm so flong sh- right now. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I got really uh chipotled. That's like Chipotle. <laughs> that means I ate too much Chipotle. It means yes. I got this yes. serious. I went through a phase where, for some reason, and I, I never apologized, Casey, to you or Noel on air, so I should do it now. I went through a, I, I get stuck in certain phrases, and I overuse them uh, very easily. And I went through a period where I was just, instead of saying yes to something or great, or I've seen this email, I was replying to, I was replying to you guys with just Zanzibar. <laughs> Because it, it <laughs> like, and no one ever called me on it. You guys never said, dude, what are you talking about? You just let it roll. Really, well, like, it's oh, just, right. you know, I mean, Ben's going to be Ben. <laughs> if you're bold enough and you just, yeah. You just got to own it. Just, if you, exactly. If you own it, no one's going to say anything. That's the truth with any of these words. And we've coined a few on the show ourselves, like yes. straight seahorse teeth. Sure, yeah. Which has uh, uh, been making the that. rounds with Ooh. some of the folks on the Ridiculous History page. Yeah, we actually, we should, we should thank some of our fellow listeners wrote in and explained it told us that they were propagating this phrase, which we thought was fantastic. <laughs> I got to admit, man, I, I don't know about you, Noel, but I had no idea straight seahorse teeth would, would take off. You but, must have had a little inkling, Ben. The first day you hear that in the wild is going to be amazing. Wow. Do you think we will? I, I think hope you so. will. I hope, I hope so. so. I hope it's in a really weird situation, too. <laughs> what other situations do we find ourselves in in the wild, Ben? <laughs> That's true. We don't have regular days. No, we really don't. <laughs> But uh, we do have another idiom to throw out at you, don't we? Mm-hmm. I think it's yours, <laughs> my friend Rowan. That is correct. I uh, I do have one since that is the game we're playing here. How funny would it be if I just was like, oh, wait, I was supposed to do homework? That happens oh. to me all the time. <laughs> no, I just was sitting here drinking coconut water. What do I have here? Cucumber that water. There's a cucumber, <laughs> montane, sparkling water made right here in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia. Is it, is it true that if we say the company name and the product two more times, they'll send us a case of it? We, we already have cases. This yeah, is, this we're, is our office water okay, of well, We have a Montaigne glut. Oh, you. <laughs> Take yeah. some with you. Take some with you. <sighs> you guys are taking away from the fun of getting free things, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want us to, like, make it a scavenger hunt or, like, make it more fun? Sure. Okay, well, we'll give you a series of clues Thanks. at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do I seem a little off to the Do I seem all right? I'm a little, I drank a lot last night. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a hangover doctor or whatever, but you seem fine. What do you think, guys? Does he seem all right? You look great. Yeah, he looks fantastic. You're yeah. absolutely glowing. Okay, well, good. That, that shower helped. Uh, well, the reason I ask is because uh, 
you know, we've all knocked back a few at our local watering hole and woke which, up feeling rather ripe. Which is noggin, called the local. Which is called, we might as well say it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it really is on the nose. Yeah, you can be pretty gnarly if you drink too much, uh, which brings up my first idiom here. The time-honored colloquialism, hair of the dog. Oh, Which is a, yeah. yes, which is a short for, of course, hair of the dog that bit you. So, wait, 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 because this one, I I have no idea what the etymology is, but I've heard it used mm-hmm. again in the wild. Sure. And it's usually when someone starts drinking kind of early in the day, mm-hmm. you know, not yes. distressingly early, right. not like airport like br- bar early. early, but yeah, like brunch early. Yeah, sure. And I mean, it's, it's uh, you can also infer from the way where it's used in normal conversation that it's to quell the aching headache from the night before. You, know, you wake up with a headache because you're hungover. And so you're like, oh, I've had the dog that bit you. I'm just going to keep drinking. That'll solve everything if I just keep drinking, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Question mark. Hair the dog, Lloyd. Hair <laughs> the dog. Yeah, exactly. Of course, I always think of The Shining, too. Yeah, and it's referring to the it's – a, it's a cure, like finger quotes, cure. There's no scientific proof that it works whatsoever. Uh, but the story goes, yeah, if you indulge too much, the next day you ingest more of the same alcohol, and it quells this pain in your head. But at the origin of the expressions dates back to medieval times, actually – when it was thought that uh, after being bit by a rabid dog, one could relieve the pain by simply rubbing some hairs from the same dog into your wound. Okay, first of all, that's disgusting. Very disgusting. That seems very unsanitary. <laughs> I do not. I, <laughs> no, no, I'm not a doctor. I don't recommend this. I mean, this is something that we've talked about uh, in other episodes of the show. Uh, this, this sort of like, I don't know, you hear about it in medieval practitioners of remedies, you know, mm. I'm not even going to call them doctors. That wasn't quite even a thing yet. But it seemed like leeching or bloodletting. Only this is like almost like the idea of fighting fire with fire, right? Yeah, sympathetic magic. Uh, this theory was first developed by a guy named Sir James Frazier in his masterpiece, The Golden Bow. And in mm. this, uh, the, the argument is that like can cure like this correlation between things, uh, whether they're related through um, their physicality or whether they're related through their space and time and the event, right? Like a voodoo doll or something. Sure, yeah. Or like like how you could become a werewolf by drinking water from a wolf print in the woods, which is also, by the way, uh, not true if you (laughs) – if you Dang were it. about to give it a go, I don't All think right. it'll work. But write in if it does, once you transform <laughs> back. But you, you're absolutely right, Noel. It's kind of the idea that the poison can help create the antidote. Uh, yeah, I, you guys always enlighten me on my own idioms that I bring to the table. I love that. <laughs> what did you call What kind of magic was it? Sympathetic magic. Sympathetic magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. it's sort of like a sympathetic vibration, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, if you, something vibrates at the right frequency, it makes something else vibrate at that same frequency. So sympathetic magic would be like if you are interacting with something related to the malady that you're suffering from, or maybe even, dare we say, the cause, that it will somehow cure it. But what you're getting at, Rowan, which I totally agree with, is that this is completely magical thinking. It's this idea <laughs> that I you know, sure. to, to, to be less drunk or to feel less bad, I should just drink more. And yeah. sure, it'll make you feel a little better because you're drunk again. It's placebo. It's, it's, placebo. Also, it's also 
how rabies. You, right. Uh, and also, how do you get the subsequent hairs from the same dog that bit you? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're in an ongoing is, antagonistic yeah. relationship it, with this dog. You've already won. That's right. right. It will require some sort of mystical quest. Because that here, see, okay, here we go. I propose something. Right. This idea of uh, seeking out some sort of creature that has wronged you, mm-hmm. and then you have to kill it to get the hair. That's, That's right. sort of the idea is you got you to gotta slay the beast, yeah. and then you get the hair rubbed it on your wounds, but let's apply this to, you know, how the idiom came around to bar times. I guess, like, who doesn't like a good mimosa or Bloody Mary in the morning? Let's be honest, you know. I was just at the a airport. Little, just a little nip. At I'm a Bloody Mary guy. Yeah. yeah. I just recently started liking Bloody Marys, but I was shocked. I was at the airport at like 6 a.m. this morning. I'm looking in the – there people are pouring vodka in the airport bar at 6. Yeah. That had to be some hair of the Alcoholism yeah. is a real thing. <laughs> well, they're also – they're also <laughs> they're catching a red eye. Possibly, uh, in their defense, they are coming from a very different time zone. Could be. We do have the world's busiest airport. That that well, that was true. in Chicago. That is true. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. No, well, you don't know. no, no, yeah, no, you no, no. You never know. But it no, was, I've I, decided to assume. That's fair. <laughs> I, I was a little shocked, though. And you know what? Even weirder, I was like, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should have a little nip at six in the morning. That seems fun. That you know, if I see someone drinking that much at an airport, um, I go, they fly all of the time. They are getting on airplanes like four times a week or something. Because the thing about airports is it's sort of like a liminal space where it's like a space between spaces. So normal rules of decorum and life skills do not apply when you're at the airport. Absolutely true. It's like garbage. What happens in the airport (laughs) stays in the airport. Sweatpants and vodka shots. Crocs. (laughs) Trip that light. Fantastic. We have some airport war stories that would be great for a future episode. What do you think? That's diving into our personal lives a little. I'm fine with it. Okay. But I have a question for you, Rowan. Sure. Okay. This is illuminating to me, uh, and I cannot help but wonder what kind of terrible night someone had. Where they, they went on this quest, as Noel mm. said. Uh, they were bitten by a rabid dog. They hunted it down. They took its hair. Mm. And then in the morning, they started drinking booze. <laughs> and someone's like, whoa. Hey, dude, are you okay? Like, how bad does your night how have to be? How bad does your night have to be? Right, exactly. I mean, alcohol will always uh, act as, some, you know, a numbing agent, I feel like. Uh, I mean, for God's sakes, then they used to put whiskey and milk and give it to their kids, you know? And, like, I still do that. <laughs> you do, really? <laughs> Just random You're children. Sick. Random children. Random, oh, okay. Wow. You know, I actually found a really good uh, physiological description of it on a website called vinepair.com, which is uh, a great uh, name for a website. It is a great name. I actually have the same uh, same source. What did you find? Uh, I found, you know, was, yeah, I was talking about these physiological uh, aspects of like how, you know, the alcohol affects you. Um, like Bloody Mary works because the alcohol inside the drink begins acting on the chemical receptors inside the brain to increase the feelings of pleasure. It's actually why so many people like booze in the first place and also probably why you drank so much the night before. And the chemical reaction begins to overpower the hangover symptoms, thus allowing us to feel at least momentarily from the bad decisions of the previous night. So, And what is life but a series of momentary reliefs? Yeah, and quick fixes. You yeah. know? I mean, now, have on. any of y'all ever had hair of the dog actually cure your hangover? Because that's always been like a delay strategy for me. Like when I've worked in a restaurant, I was like, let me just get through the lunch rush right. and I can de-stem spinach for the next three hours and then go home. I've yeah I've I'm not a practitioner of hair of the dog even when I'm living a crazy airport life it just seems yeah strange to introduce that kind of variable <laughs> after you know especially if you've had a night where you were drinking mm-hmm. and you wake up the next day 
like maybe you can maybe you can power through as you said frank delay at, until right. what, 3 p.m or something yeah and at then, some point boom, your body has back. to metabolize this alcohol like unless you just steadily drink from that point to the rest of your life <laughs> which will <laughs> grow increasingly shorter yeah yes. exactly no it really does seem like prolonging the inevitable i am incapable of day drinking successfully too i know that frank that you have you're not that's not our thing no uh, it's not, just like because I, I get i get sleepy so nappy i get cranky it's oh, not yeah. fun it just is gonna kill my day mm-hmm. uh i don't care what kind of night i've had the night before i'm just gonna power through mm-hmm. and uh we have some very helpful tips for this all of a sudden this has become a alcoholism <laughs> 101 podcast. <laughs> oh boy you just know, you wait just drink a lot of water Drink a lot. That has always cured my headache. If I just drink a lot of water, I don't want to drink booze. I want to drink water. Stay hydrated, Stay hydrated, kids. And, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a a leave, a little Mm -hmm. bit of ibuprofen. Eat something. Eat something. Yeah. Eat. Drink. Be merry. No, don't be merry. Feel sad. Be ashamed of yourself. Feel penitent. Because you're a garbage person Mm -hmm. and you don't deserve to be happy. (laughs) You should never drink again. And you should you should make wildly melodramatic proclamations of that to to everyone you know on social media. People you don't. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, so I found this phrase from this old English writer named John Haywood on uh, phrases.org that uh, is supposedly the first origin of Hair of the Dog. It's from 1546. I thought it was really interesting. Are you going to read it? I am going to read it. Will you do a voice? I 100% will do it. Yes! All right, I'm in. I pray thee let me and my fellow have a hair of the dog that bit us last night, and bitten were we both on the brain, right? It literally says it. We saw each other (laughs) drunk in the good ale glass. Bit on the brain. <laughs> so, so wait a minute. So, wait a minute. so what you're saying is, uh, yeah. I think we were talking off mic. How both to the? It says both to the brain. Both to the brain. All right. A- All right. A R I G H. I. I. That's great. Yeah. So you were telling me a little bit off mic that 
this article talks about how some of these phrases don't really come into popular use until like the literal version of it sort of falls out. So this is sort of what you're seeing there is this gentleman using that to describe the actual experience of being hungover. And he's he's kind of using it as a metaphor when it was sort of a folkloric tradition in the first place, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, super fascinating. And and we still use it to this day. I mean, really that just something? (laughs) So, So we've got dope hair of the dog, and tripping the light fantastic. I'm glad that we set this up as a two-parter in the beginning. <laughs> uh, this this is one of those shows that I wish wouldn't end, but we will have to end today's episode eventually. I have I have one contribution. God, I feel like the evil uh, the evil character in a fairy tale going, I have a present for the child. <laughs> There's one more gift. Uh, this phrase is something that we've heard before, and I uh, I primed you guys just a little bit off air for this. The word is gadzooks. Oh. And so it was, that's why I was like sliding that Good. in, hot topic, <laughs> mall, right. gadzooks, Spencers. Uh, for a lot of us in our age group in this part of the world, when we hear the phrase gadzooks, we associate it with a store that used to be quite popular in the era of malls, mm-hmm. and it was called Gadzooks. Are we in a post-mall America? Yes. It's getting there for sure. Rapidly really? approaching. I guess that's true because the mall used I'm, to be like a mm-hmm. central like fixture of like hanging out. It hang was out the life. center of town. It was the center of town. Gadzooks was also like where you would buy those giant pants that were called <laughs> Jinkos for any of our younger <laughs> listeners that maybe don't remember this absurd time. Yeah. Or that orb with the lightning Ooh. in yep. the glass that yep. would touch. Or the, the, like, pills. the, the needle yeah. thing where you put your hand and it show, it's your yeah. hand yeah. and the metal. Which – as it said before, those called? things have to be filthy by now. I, I had They're one always for years. filthy. Yeah. The ones on display in like the science store. Oh, you don't yeah. Want, you don't want to touch that to your face. <laughs> so, so it turns out that Gadzooks actually has a storied history. You know, things like Gadzooks or Zounds, which is also related, oddly Zounds. enough. Yep. Uh, they sound like something you would hear <laughs> on... The old Scooby Adam West, yes, yeah, Scooby Doo, yeah. the old Adam West Batman, uh, but they have religious origins. Dictionary references date Gadzooks as far back as the late 1600s as a shortening of another exclamation, which was "By God's hooks!" Whoa, <laughs> God's hooks! That's terrifying. Be a reference to the nails on the cross of Jesus Christ. You know what first popped into my head when you said God's hooks? I pictured God as being like Pinhead from Hellraiser, yeah. shooting out hooks into the flesh no. of the, of the yeah. damned. I was, I was thinking that too, like a God with, uh, you know, that has an unseeable form except sure. for the hooks where the hands should be, you know? This, Whoa, this like is like a strange. super pirate. Yeah, super pirate. <laughs> uh, this is weird because I mentioned Zounds earlier. Zounds also appears to date back to around the 1500s as a euphemism for the phrase, by God's wounds. So it should be pronounced Zunes. <laughs> it should probably it's it should be Z O U N D S, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it depends that on your accent. That sounds right. <laughs> so, so this phrase "gadzooks" is not alone in its evolution. Even phrases that are somewhat innocuous, like "jeepers creepers," uh, was originally a euphemism to get around saying Jesus Christ, but still. Still yeah. have the same thing. I think the guy who like, made the, darn. yeah, I think the guy who made the film Jeepers Creepers doesn't know that. But also, <laughs> apparently, that guy's a creep. I have heard. Yeah, I've heard yeah. bad things. I'm a big fan of Jesus Crow. <laughs> that's 
That's a good I'm one. I'm a big fan of cheese and crackers. Also good. People say that, right? Oh, for <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah. Children I, mainly. Children. I said that earlier. Oh, <laughs> to, well, that's just, when you were ordering it. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> or just the strangers on the train. <laughs> so it's an exclamation. We don't hear it too often now. I think Prince Philip said it in these are modern days, but it would be unusual for us to uh, be hanging out and maybe have a surprise party for Casey and for him to see the cake and, and whatever, you know, mariachi band or whatever we had to spice it up. It would be really strange for him to go, Gadzooks, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> these hip young millennials these days, they bring back this stuff all the time saying it ironically, you know. Yeah. I say zoiks a lot. That's or, true. Yeah. That's true. I started saying oish, and I have no idea why. It's just oish, stuck in my head. I think I just made it up. So, like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, I think you made that up. I was just so surprised. That's what came out. And I was like, I'll keep that one. But the use of gad for God occurs in other phrases too. Egad. Egad. Yeah. Egad. Right. Uh, and these are called phraseological combinations. Uh, there are other ones that didn't make the cut. Gadzooks is, um, did that Coca-Cola reference earlier, Gadzooks is one of the most successful right. mm -hmm. of these turns of phrase. As I would like. As, uh, yeah, branding yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I'd like to end this part of the show by uh, telling, introducing you guys to some Gadzooks-esque things that didn't make it. <laughs> They're all ridiculous. Please. Are you prepared? So I'm prepared. Ready. All right. Gads Bobs. <laughs> also an exclamation. Gads Bobs. Uh, Gads Lid. There's Gads Budlikens. <laughs> That's Gads Publicans. Can we, we have a can we, got to bring that? Can we back? bring that back? No Gads, doubt. Yeah. Gads Publicans. Gads Publicans. No, how dare you? <laughs> and then Gads Nouns. 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 N o u n s. That's just lazy. Yeah, I mean, it, so. I, I think the clear audience favorite here is Gads Budlikens. It's Bud Budlikens. 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 <laughs> now, that would be a good name for a Dukes of Hazard wow. type character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Budlikens. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, this is strange. Uh, Gadzooks, Gads Budlikens. We found out about Tripping the Light Fantastic, the hair of the dog that bit us. And it was overall pretty dope, wouldn't sure you say? Was. Thanks, man. <laughs> Zounds. <laughs> Zounds. No rolled his eyes just a little bit. No, I did not. I deserved it. No, I opened them wide <laughs> in affection and admiration for my dear co-host, Ben Bullen. Uh, thank you, Noel Brown. And likewise, one thing that we found that was of great interest to us on our first episode of Idiomatic for the People uh, was that in the course of the show, we had, totally without planning it, used several, like multiple uh, different turns of phrase or figures of speech or idioms mm -hmm. uh, that we did not even notice until we went back and listened to it. So I wonder if we did that today as well. No doubt about it. No doubt about it? <laughs> That's one. For shizzle. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a really cool video by Kishibashi who crams like 120 or so idioms into a single music video that's really cool. Well, we got four. <laughs> we're doing our best. We're living our best we're life. We're no Kishibashi, but we're, we're no. working our way up to it. <laughs> but who is? Not even him sometimes. But he is from Athens, Georgia, which is also where R.E.M. is from, which is one of Frank's favorite bands, which is where Idiomatic for the People came from. So thanks, R.E.M., and thanks, Frank Mulheran, for helping dub this segment. All right. Frank. Thank you. And thanks for coming on the show, dude. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Rowan Newby, uh -huh. thanks to you as well. 
dude. My pleasure. Seriously. You, 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 you dashing man with your, he's got a shirt on that you guys wouldn't <laughs> believe. It's got boots on it. It's very colorful. I wanted to take a picture, but I, a, did, I didn't want to look weird. Oh, no. It's fine. Everyone takes pictures of everything these days. All right. Well, that, that, that <laughs> Actually, works Ben me. is wearing Google glasses right now. We keep telling them they're out of fashion. They're yeah, not they supported never anymore. No. Yeah. They're no longer but, dope. Uh, you take they don't pictures. even function. You keep saying, okay, Google. Oh, and nothing Google, happens. Take, I know. take I know. picture of shirts, Google. Why yeah. isn't this working? All right. Well, you guys busted me. <laughs> they are apparently not as uh, inconspicuous as I thought. But yes, Thank you so much for coming on the show. If uh, you would like to hear more from our good friend Frank the Tank Mulheron, fear not, uh, because you're essentially a shadow member of our our podcast. Like, we run ideas past Frank. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Frank will sometimes give us ideas, and we just try not to disappoint him. I'm a little worried that having his actual voice on the show is going to open up some sort of uh, rift in time space, but I'm willing to take the chance. Mm -hmm. God, let's hope not. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to, if you want to uh, hear more from our good friend Rowan Newby, check out his podcast, Pitches. What is Pitches? Pitches is a podcast about ideas. It is a comedy podcast, and uh, boy, oh boy, uh, I would love it if any of these uh, fellow listeners would like to write in any ideas. I mean, really, it can be uh, an app, a, a turn of phrase. How about that? It could be. Uh, you know, an invention or a, who knows? And Noel, the you list were, goes on. You were on a great episode of Pitches. That's correct. Yeah, I think it's coming out soon. This, is it, is it, uh, is today. It out? It's out today. Yeah. Out today. So, well, this will be a little f- removed from that in time. So it already exists in the world. That's right. Whoa. I, I, I pitched a, a, a really silly idea for a suntan lotion that gets you drunk. <laughs> ah, the old hair of the tan. Exactly. Hair of the tan that, that tanned you. Right. Oh, it was very good. I appreciate yeah, very it. Excited Thanks about for having that. me. Yeah. I think we've got a Check. future episode coming up where uh, Ben is going to. Be that on is the correct. Show as well. yeah, that is correct. That's in the that's in the cards. Tune very in very soon. And yeah, if you want to find us on the Instagrams, mm-hmm. you know what to do at Pitches Podcast, baby. <laughs> Shameless plug. Oh, we're we're <laughs> far past the point of shame for plugs. Uh, speaking of plugs, you can find us and your fellow listeners on our Facebook page, Ridiculous Historians. We're also all over Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've even started sharing our own personal adventures. Is that right, Noel? That's right. I am at Embryonic Insider. And I am at Ben Bolin. Uh, we hope that you enjoy this episode. We hope you tune in for the next one as idiomatic for the people. Soldiers on. I, Frank, I cannot emphasize it enough. We're huge fans of that name. Thank you. Um, we're thanking you profusely because we're, I think legally, we're, we're, we don't have to pay you. <laughs> it's fine. You That's can what we it. do. We're also profuse thinkers just in general. That's true. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Noel. Thank you, Ben. And thank you, super producer Casey Pegram. Thank you, Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Thank you, Gabe, our research associate, uh, who had absolutely nothing to do with this episode today, but we still thank him just the same. He's a great guy. he's a real mensch. Uh, and thanks to you, Ben Bowen, for being such a dashing and debonair <laughs> co-host. And that jacket and those Google glasses are really popping today. You know what? <laughs> I've committed to the bit. <laughs> That's what you got to do. We'll see you next time, folks. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all?
We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.